0: Welcome to Criminal AF. For those of you joining the show for the first time, you're about to be introduced to a couple of somewhat funny guys from Connecticut who love to talk about true crime and have some fun doing it. While Criminal AF is best described as a comedic informative true crime podcast, there will be detailed descriptions of murder, rape, torture, and any other crime that would haunt you in your sleep. Criminal AF is made by adults for adults, so there will be adult conversations and there will be vulgar language. Like, fuck. You know, the way most adults speak. The intention of Criminal AF is to keep the atmosphere light, fun, and inclusive, but they will not withhold any information, regardless of how brutal, disgusting, or gut-wrenching it may be. Now, it's understandable that Criminal AF is not for everyone, which is okay, but it's asked that you at least give it a listen. If it's not for you, well, thanks for checking it out. See ya. But if it is... Welcome to the debauchery.
1: On April 12, thousand eighteen, a woman calls nine one one to report that her son just called and told her that he killed his wife and his father in law. But that was just the beginning. The rest of the story seems too far fetched to be true, but unfortunately, it is. I'm Dave Jari. I'm Garrett Quarter. And this is Criminal as Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, criminals, and all you fuckers out there, and welcome back to another episode of Criminal AF. Once again, I'm Dave Jari, and with me, as you all know, is my co-host, Garrett Quarter. How we doing? This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why... It's America's number Number one one meal kit. kit. We got to give a shout out to Charles Youngblood for becoming the newest member of our fucked up family. Thank you very much, Charles.
2: Love that Patreon group.
1: Yes, sir. And a thank you to all who have joined our free Patreon membership. Uh, So happy to see a growing community going on there. As we said before, we're evolving and trying to figure out ways of making the show the most fun it can be for our listeners. So we're going to try and add a segment at the back end of the episode so people who just want the story can hear that, and those who want to listen to us a bit more, like, you know, act like idiots, uh, then uh, there'll be some of that after the main story. And this episode, we're going to debut our Dear Douchebag segment, where Garrett and I attempt to give the best advice money can buy. But, since it's free, it's mostly going to be horrible.
2: Yeah, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. Advice, for sure.
1: And you'll probably be worse off than before you wrote into us. So, stick around for that. We do have one. We do have one uh, that we're going to bring up. Now for the housekeeping, head on over to criminalasfuck.com for all of your criminal AF needs. Check out our episodes, videos, Patreon reviews, and of course, our... Merch!
3: Merch! Go get you some merch. <laughs> yes, <And laughs> actually, Dave...
0: Oh, oh, wait. Leave it on.
3: And actually, Dave, I'm
2: yes. wearing the newest embroidered criminal AF hoodie.
0: I, yeah, I see
2: absolutely that. fantastic.
1: I see that evil Garrett. Oh, Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, the embroidered hoodies are
2: yeah.
1: yeah that Yeah. Oh, if you
2: guys are going to get any merch.
1: That's a, Yeah, that's the latest one. I, I have the older version. Not the older, but the previous version. Yeah, the, the small the patch. The small patch. Garrett's got the, the big They're patch. They're comfy, too. Yeah, I like it. That's the, That's the first live edition of the uh, large patch. I like it. So, yeah, we're adding new styles and designs. and Most recently, we added uh, our own coffee and tea line. Yeah. So uh, you
2: listen, get. you guys, you guys don't understand. We <laughs> we're a conglomerate. We're, yeah, now. we're 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 it's basically going to be like Amazon. You're going to go to Criminal AF, and we're just going to be able to have everything you need. <laughs> I'm coming for fucking Jeff Bezos's head.
1: That's right. So the coffee and tea line, it's imported fresh directly from the farm to your doorstep, cutting out the middleman in what could possibly be weeks or even months sitting on a store shelf. So go check that out by going directly to criminalafshop.com. Now, don't forget to go visit all of our friends at WelcomeToTheDebauchery.com, where you can find a plethora of independent podcasts joined together to create one beautiful podcast world. We have ourselves, Criminal AF, Fright Flick, FMK, True Crime University, uh, the soon-to-be-released Para-Abnormal, and the list goes on. Uh, Should we mention what we have
2: coming up? It's up to you.
1: Yeah. We we have we have something in store for you guys. We have a we're diversifying a little bit. Yes. So we're gonna be we're in the works of uh, Criminal
2: AF will always be our baby, but yeah, if we're, we're we're having a hard time splitting the fun with right the story, so we're just gonna make a fun podcast. Just that's all. Podcast. That's all. That's all we'll say. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So keep an eye out for that. It's tentatively gonna be called uh, Chat Sui. Mm, I like it. I
2: Chatsui. like it.
1: It'll be fun. So look look for that uh, probably in the next month, maybe the beginning of the year. Uh, we're going to drop that out. So go show some love over at welcome to the debauchery.com. In fact, here's Jay from Fright Flick FMK to tell you all about his show.
2: Do you like scary movies? If your answer is yes, then you need to check out my show, Fright Flick FMK. My name is Jay, and along with my co-host, Gentleman Jack, I watch and discuss horror movies and tell you what I think about them. New or old, mainstream or underground, no horror flick is safe from my warped opinion. So go check out Fry Flick FMK now. We are on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. Also be sure to follow the show on all major social media sites. But be warned, we are Not Your Mama's podcast, and this promo will be the longest amount of time you'll hear me talk without swearing or cracking an offensive joke. Now go grab your favorite drink, pull up a chair, and give us a listen.
1: Finally, if there's one thing that we ask of you is that you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Good Pods. And I've recently been loving Good Pods, actually. So if you haven't downloaded the app yet, I recommend it. Uh, Way more inclusive than the others, if I'm being honest. So head on over to any of these platforms and leave us a five-star rating, a positive review, and be sure to share with your family and friends. It costs you nada. And it will help us immensely in spreading the word that Criminal AF is the...
3: Number one true crime... (laughs)
0: In the, world. <laughs> the number one true crime podcast in the world 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 <laughs> world
2: <laughs> all right dave yeah so because this story s- takes place in so many places yeah. for today's uh episode mm-hmm. we i think we're gonna switch it up a little bit okay And instead of the Florida man, Mm -hmm. because at one point the story takes us to Connecticut and it is our home state. It is. We're gonna do a Connecticut man today. Let's do it. So let's go to Connecticut. (laughs) 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 There are some rural parts of Connecticut, guys. It's not just There's some there's backyard a, bumpkin. There's some ding, ding, ding. Yeah, because
1: yeah, a lot of people think of Connecticut. If you haven't been to Connecticut, a lot of people's perception of it is it's like a throughway between New York and, and Boston. Yeah, people think it's a high, it's a. Like a, a hoity toity rich.
2: Yeah, borough of either New York or Boston. It most people think that it's like it's a highway to yeah. each major major city. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of yeah, there's a, a lot little of, little of wrong side of the yeah. tra- uh, train train tracks, especially going to the northeast corner. Maybe oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm from. I know that's, <laughs> that's what, what I was are saying. You talking about. <laughs> North of the Mason
2: Lisbon line. <laughs> I love that. All right. Uh, yeah So I also heard about this story a couple days ago, and I was just blown away by it uh, too. So that's another reason why I wanted to do this one. All right, right. Burlington man arrested for growing 8.5 million dollars worth of shrooms. Wait, 8.5 million. 8.5 million dollars worth of shrooms. shrooms. Burlington, Connecticut. I didn't even know that you could have that much. I. Shrooms. Are we we got pictures are too. We got look at look at this man. It, tell me this does not look like a somebody mushroom. who's throwing <laughs> mushrooms in his fucking mom's house. <laughs> he's only twenty one though. To, I mean, you have to like listen. You know, this is yeah. we gotta respect the hustle. This guy yeah. got a pretty substantial eight point five million dollars worth of shrooms. Yeah. I mean, some call him a criminal. I call him a businessman. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. That, that's fucking genius. <laughs> now he doesn't look like he's not. He doesn't look much of a CEO. Yeah. Uh, no. But yeah. Burlington, Connecticut. A man from Burlington faces drug factory charges after detectives found he had been growing a significant amount of shrooms. Weston Soul, 21, was charged with possession with intent to sell narcotics and operating a drug factory. He looks like he's on shrooms right now. I know, he's <laughs> tripping balls in that picture state police said members of the dea hartford task force and state police detectives received a tip that suggested soul was operating a clandestine psilocybin mushroom growing operation at a home on lion road they arrived at soul's home on thursday around at 9 a.m when they got there detectives said they made contact with soul and saw ventilation equipment through the residence consistent with those used in a clandestine (laughs) laboratory
0: (laughs) holy shit we gotta Look include at all those for the bags. listeners. Look we have bags. to
2: include. Oh, all yeah, right, no, we're 100 percent including these pictures. All yeah. right, so I mean, I'm not an expert in mushrooms, right. but just off of there, he's got about I don't I don't even know how many bags there are. So each bag can get about three, four flushes, approximately. What's a flush? So when the mushrooms bloom, yeah. I'm not listen. I'm not a mushroom. <laughs> expert. I'm, not a, I'm not a mushroom expert. Okay. When the mushrooms they, uh, they don't bloom. They yeah. they uh, they. I'll call it blooming for generic pers- purposes yeah they they start as shit in yeah. the bottom like the f- actual shit yes the oh, yeah. fungus grows and then overnight they'll just all basically bloom right all the yeah. mushrooms will come up oh wow and then you can harvest them mm-hmm. then you rehydrate leave to open air fan and then they'll come back up and then you can oh, harvest because you're you're basically the mycelium is just constantly growing it it's yeah. just how you trick it to keep c- keep growing more yeah. and you can get about three they're called flushes yeah. three harvests out of one of those bags each bag, I'm not even kidding. Probably a half pound of mushrooms. Good. God. Yeah, that's why I said those are big bags. And so basically, be, in those bags, there's shit. You can actually see the white uh, mycelium on the tops, yeah, yeah, yeah. where the mushroom, where the um, there spores has to be At start. least maybe a
1: hundred bags there. So you're saying half a pound? Probably about a half a pound. Half a pound per bag. Hundred Pro-
2: more, more uh, wet because
1: you have to yeah. dry them out All after. Right, so right, like right.
2: honestly, like two pounds wet before right. you dry
1: wow I actually have an interesting uh side note about uh fungus but go ahead finish yeah,
2: yeah. um uh, just the, the amount is crazy though uh, he had to have been one of the biggest suppliers in Connecticut with that yeah like you know what I'm what I'm saying like even making them all uh, making the way all the way down here that's fucking... That's, now, that's, that's that's like one of the biggest
1: yeah no I thought I this thought, guy was the plug yeah I thought you could it's it's legal to grow your own mushrooms you just can't sell it
2: no 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 no. not not psilocybin mushrooms. Connecticut, you can transfer spores. Okay. Meaning like I could buy syringes filled with the spores of psilocybin <laughs> yeah. and ship them to your house? Okay. In Connecticut, some states you can't. In Connecticut you can, but you have to um if you when you receive the spores in the syringe, yeah. it says this is not for growing whatever. This is for uh microscopic like analysis. Studying. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's how they get away <laughs> with it. When oh, no I'm one's kidding. watching, the spores under a microscope. When right. you're buying psilocybin mushroom spores, yeah. but then a lot of websites you got to use Bitcoin or or some sort of crypto to buy them anyway. So it is a little sketchy, but yeah. you can. and then They don't <laughs> now. This guy now, and then and wh- you're not an expert. I'm not. A, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know a little little bit about mushrooms. Yeah. During the interactions with the investigators, Sol claimed that the type of mushrooms he was growing were not illegal. When asked about the activities inside of the main residence, Soul did not cons- uh, consent to a search of the residence. Detectives then submitted a search warrant with uh, New Britain Superior Court, which he w- uh, which was granted. Upon serving the search warrant at Seoul's residence, investigators sa- investigators said they found a clandestine mushroom growing factory within its contained psilocybin mushrooms in various stages of growth with an estimated total street value of 8.5 that million dollars. blows my fucking mind. Holy crap. I still can't get over that picture. Sol- I, didn't even th- I didn't even think Mushrooms cost that much. I'm not an expert. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hey, we all have friends who. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of friends who. uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, figure street value. An ounce can be anywhere if if they're hard to find. Three hundred bucks.
1: Really, an ounce from mushrooms. From mushrooms that you can grow yourself.
2: Well, it's a lot harder than people think. Okay. So admitted to investigators that the, mush, that the mushrooms were, in fact, psilocybin, which is labeled as a Scheduled 1 controlled substance. State police said a Scheduled 1 controlled su- substance is defined as drugs, substances, and chemicals that are not currently accepted for medical use and have a high potential for abuse. Ah. CT. Mm-hmm. California and Colorado. Yeah. They're legal. Right. Really? Mm-hmm. Or decriminalized or something, decriminalized, something like that. yeah. 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 Now isn't that,
1: like like the new thing now to like microdose? Yeah, so like microdosing a lot of people, like mi- for anxiety and stress Yeah, they microdose
2: they're not getting high from them they're uh, basically doing like 0. 0.5 of a gram in a capsule and they're yeah. just popping them every day so you're not feeling the effects. Yeah. Very slight dose but yeah. supposedly it's supposed to be helping with anxiety. And that's that's the bullshit about them being scheduled 1 because there's proof that PTSD veterans with PTSD and all that stuff it is, it's helping out so many people. Right. Molly too. MDMA is mm. they're finding out is huge. <laughs> well, yeah, when not when you fucking do a lot of it, then you just want to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it just sucks because they say it's Schedule One by the federal government, but with that means that there's no benefit. When a yeah. Schedule One drug is, there's no benefit to health, dude. I mean, weeds is Schedule One in federal too, so or yeah. Schedule Three or whatever it is. Yeah. So. All right. Eyewitness News spoke with a neighbor who frequently walked by the house and said, when it was cold outside, he noticed something odd. <sighs> Fucking snitch. Oh. The shit. neighbor was over here. He didn't yeah. like his. He didn't like his hippie neighbor. Yep. Didn't like the hippie neighbor. God, people.
1: What's uh, going on over there, now? Sometimes Fuck neighbors hell. suck.
2: Yeah. They were running air conditioners when it was cold, which didn't seem right. They had air conditioners in the top windows, in the front of the house. You also saw more cars there during the day, which made it seem like a place of employment rather than someone sleeping there at night. Uh
1: UNH this neighbor is a fucking a little piece of shit. This neighbor said all of this.
2: Yeah, fucking snit. UNH criminal justice professor and retired FBI agent Kenneth Gray said that there's un- uh, a usual sign in this operation in a marijuana grow house. The house is usually filled with lamps. In this case, mushrooms don't need a lot of lamps. Instead, they need a lot of ventilation. It's all that airflow. Mm-hmm. Uh, eyewitnesses news called police to ask if they know how um, how long the operation was going on for, but they did not return our calls. Sol was held on a two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash uh, bond and was scheduled for an arraignment at a New Britain court on Friday. Holy crap! Damn. So I, 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 wonder, I wonder
1: if this is like the kid's first batch. You know what I mean?
2: No, I mean if if you look at when if you watch that video, they yeah. the equipment that he has in the house is not your first batch. Like uh, you're talking. So yeah, so yeah, so ten thousand dollars pieces of lab because everything has to be sterile when right. you're doing uh, when you're. Injecting the spores into the whatever type of grain you're using or whatever.
1: So I was gonna say, like all that fucking money that this dude is is taking in from these shrooms and he looks like he just rolled out of fucking bed after a frat fucking weekend. Like what what is he doing with his money? Putting back into the business? I mean
2: I probably. I mean to get to that point where you're making that much, you gotta be spending a lot of money. Yeah. Electric bill alone.
1: Oof. Yeah, it's gotta be crazy.
2: But still, he's making money. Now, where's the cash?
1: They didn't find cash. That's right. I didn't see anything in the story where...
2: Because this is not... He was making cash way before... I'm telling you, this guy has to be one of the biggest plugs in all of Connecticut for psilocybin mushrooms. Good question. And even though he looks like one of the dirtiest motherfuckers you'll see, (laughs) I promise you this guy knows about sterilization. This guy is clean as a whistle because one little ounce of contamination or anything, Mm. all of it, it can spread, it can jump, and it's all dead. Oh. So that that house on the inside was probably pristine. pristine. Yeah, alcohol everywhere, like uh, the um, like medical alcohol. That's why I just thought it was crazy. Eight point five million dollars for a twenty-one year old kid. Eight point five, right? In here. a rural right area here. of Connecticut, too. in a
1: great state of Connecticut. So anyway, the side note about the not that has this has anything to do with crime or anything. Side note about fungus mm-hmm. is I was watching this uh, series on Netflix about the beginning of the world, you know. Evolution, all this other kind of stuff. And the interesting thing is that there were at least three annihilation events of Earth. Yes. Like three moments in our time frame where we should have just fucking, like, we shouldn't even be here.
2: Yeah, some scientists say there's five. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Because everything on Earth was wiped out. Every living fucking thing wiped out. And then restarted. And then restarted with fungus. Everything living on this Earth, three times at least, started... Over again, with fungus.
2: Like, I mean, it's we, amazing. So we're fungus, basically. We eat them, and then when we die, they, they consume us. Yeah. I mean, it 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 is. It's actually wild. Yeah. Uh, there's some people. There's some scientists, like credible scientists, that think that way. Like, it's an alien substance. Really? Yeah. Like I mean, that, that it arrived on meteors or whatever yeah. like that, or something like that.
1: I mean, it's possible. That's how we figure. Like a lot of the water got here. Yeah. From comets and meteors and stuff like that. But anyway. Alright, enough about our science Let's fuck this episode in the yeah. mouth Alright, this week we're discussing a case that will legit blow your mind I And honestly, the, you didn't
2: have to go with the title The title of this episode is just You just, like, see the fucking method, Like, the evil laugh that you have when you say that too You just, you knew you were gonna get a
1: reaction out of me Alright, yeah so, yeah, so this one's gonna blow your mind As well as blow whatever contents you have in your stomach To say this case is uh, multi-layered is an understatement. But first, let's see what amazing uh, offer our friends at HelloFresh are going to give to you, our beloved criminal family. You know, Garrett, the most wonderful time of the year is upon us. And it's also the most delicious. Enjoy every bite of the holiday season with HelloFresh. And just like always, everything arrives pre-portioned so you can get right to cooking, quick and easy meals.
2: Oh yeah, I hear you. The holiday season can be hectic, especially when you have young kids. And that's where HelloFresh's 15-minute meals come in. These quick-fix meals help you get a wholesome dinner on the table for your family in less time than it takes to get delivery.
1: Now, I've said this many times before. The quality of the food and the recipes from HelloFresh rival anything you can get from a restaurant. You basically turn into a five-star chef when making these meals. My most recent favorite is the chicken sausage rigatoni, which gives just the right amount of kick for those who love a little spice like I do.
2: The best part about HelloFresh for me is that it gives me and my family time to spend together. After a hectic day, my wife and I, along with the kids, can get together, spend quality time preparing our dinner without all the hassle of trying to figure out what to eat and making last-minute trips to the grocery store. Everything is laid out in front of us so we can focus solely on building special moments together. Isn't that sweet?
1: So to choose from over 45 weekly recipes and over 100 curated picks from HelloFresh Market and to receive our special offer for listeners of Criminal AF, Go to HelloFresh.com backslash Criminal AF Free and use code Criminal AF Free to receive free breakfast for life. You'll get one breakfast item
2: per box while your subscription is active. You heard that right. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com backslash Criminal AF Free and use code Criminal AF Free. HelloFresh, America's America's
1: number one one meal kit. We're going to start this story off in 1995 in New York when 20-year-old Stephen Plato met Alyssa Garcia online. Um, it was 1995, so it was probably some sketchy AOL pedophile chat room. ASL, yeah, ASL, <laughs> because Alyssa- ASL. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, because Alyssa, who was from San Antonio, uh, was a ripe old age of 15.
2: Oh, dude, okay. we just remember we were talking about unrestricted internet access yeah. for when I when I was growing up, yep. dude. I used to sit in sketchy ass chat rooms and talk to the weirdest fucking people any 90s kid will understand that just pretending that you were like 15 (laughs) when you're like nine nine. yeah some dudes like asking you where you where do you go to school and shit dude (laughs) it was wild wild times back then
1: all right so once steven got Alyssa's attention he quickly began grooming her and their flirty online relationship soon became physical as, as steven would travel from new york to texas to visit her and begin a sexual relationship with the minor. Things escalated quickly as Alyssa ran away from her family and returned to New York with Stephen.
2: Oh, it's like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. (laughs) a sick, dark twisted version of it, but hey. Uh,
1: By the time Alyssa was 16, she was pregnant with Stephen's child. Jesus. And gave birth to a baby girl when she turned 17. They named the bundle of joy Denise Plato. Records show that baby Denise was born in Texas, so it's believed that Alyssa returned to San Antonio to have the baby. Now, if you thought having a baby at 17 years old with a pedo was a great idea, just you wait, because apparently Steven wasn't just diddling the teenage girls. He was also apparently a sadistic fuck with infants, as he would pinch little Denise until she had black and blue welts all over her skin.
2: Awesome. I like where this is going.
1: Yep. Uh, Stephen would also hold his infant daughter underwater to the point where she would nearly drown. Then he'd pick her up and put her under again repeatedly. When Denise would fuss and cry, Stephen would put her inside of a cooler to muffle the sounds of the baby, causing Alyssa to believe that Denise would eventually suffocate inside the cooler. Uh, Stephen wouldn't let Alyssa open the cooler, saying, He would make me wait a few minutes until I could go back and open the cooler. She would just be gasping for air, drenched in sweat covered in bruises this is a baby
2: but how could him wouldn't your mother like well you would think motherly insects would kick in and f- fuck that dude
1: uh he would beat the fuck out of her
2: i i'm with you but yeah do, i mean
1: well i mean when you're 15 16 17 years old and the dude's like 23 or whatever i mean that's not that it's not a big difference but your fucking head your head isn't fully de- your brain isn't fully developed until no no I, I totally you agree know what with mean? you that there's something so about- she's still childlike yeah you know what i mean Still though, that this dude groomed her from the very fucking beginning.
2: I feel like I would take the ass whooping to get my child out of a cooler. But hey, that's me. I don't know. You're right. You're right. I mean, you everybody's different. I got you. I got
1: you. Yep. So uh, she goes on to say, "I would just scoop her up and shut the bedroom door so he couldn't bother me. I would rock her back and forth and tell her how sorry I was for the life she was having." Now, surprisingly. Baby Denise would survive all of this torture and abuse by Stephen and reached a tender age of eight months old. I mean, I wouldn't survive huh. eight months. Uh, Alyssa, who described Steven as violent, angry, temperamental, and predictable, convinced Stephen to put baby Denise up for adoption. As Alyssa was quoted as saying, I knew from the very beginning that I had to get my daughter away from him to give her a chance at life. Oh, Commendable. Yes. Commendable. Uh, Denise was adopted by Anthony and Kelly Fusco of Dover, New York, and was raised alongside uh, Fusco's own biological daughter. Denise, now known as Katie Fusco, uh, lived what appeared to be a loving, safe, and nurturing life with her new family. Uh, Everything Alyssa had hoped for when she put her up for adoption. So everything's going splendidly for Denise slash Katie. Uh, just a side note we're going to be going a little back and forth here between the two families and the stories and whatnot. so from here on out baby Denise is now known as Katie and will from this point on be called Katie for those following along at home yeah now Katie loved animals and was an aspiring artist Uh, she was known around her school for drawing comic strips and wanted to go to college to study digital advertising Uh, she once wrote in her blog a pen and something to draw on became a safe place for me to be short for me, a life without art is no life at all. All right, so while Katie is living a happy and comfortable life with her adoptive parents, Anthony and Kelly, Stephen and Alyssa remained together. And for whatever reason, who knows, they decided to have another go at having children.
2: <sighs> Some people, I mean, uh, we should have to pass a
1: fucking <laughs> There should ten. be a, a, a yeah, we should pa- you, you should, should be able to pass a test, qualify to be a parent. Yeah. yeah. All right. So in 2007, they had their second daughter, and in 2012, they had a third daughter. Alyssa thought that after having two more children with Stephen, that he was getting better as a father. But tell me, Garrett, do you think that Stephen was becoming a
2: better father? If I was a betting man, mm-hmm. if he's on, if his name is about on this show,
1: <laughs> No. 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 Shockingly, if we're talking about. Him, shockingly, he wasn't. Yeah. No. Alyssa stated, For a little while, I thought he was getting better because he didn't treat the two girls like he treated Katie. But eventually, he got as horrible as he was with the first child. So let's take stock of this story so far. So Stephen Plato, uh, he was a shit stain when he was 20 and molested a 15-year-old girl and impregnating her. Uh, he was a shit stain for abusing his firstborn daughter and nearly killing her multiple times. Uh, and he continued being a shit stain for... For abusing his next two children. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and predict that he will become a shit stain again a couple more times at least before the story is over. Yeah. We agree on that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Steven would relentlessly, physically, and emotionally abuse Alyssa and the girls for years. And whenever Alyssa built up the nerve to leave him, he would traumatize her further by threatening to kill himself in front
2: of them. That's such a pussy move. Yeah. Back in, like, high school. Like, everybody knows somebody that was, like, if their girlfriend broke up with him uh, or whatever. Don't I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Kill myself. Yeah. yeah, stop.
1: Yeah, stop it. All right, Alyssa stated, He threatened that if I was gone, he would figure out a way to record himself, blow his brains out, and then have it sent to me and the girls. That's pretty in-depth sickness. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You can you tell he has a few screws. Yeah.
1: So, Steven and Alyssa finally officially separated in 2016, but stayed living in the same house while sleeping in separate bedrooms. It was around this time that a major life-changing event would occur. Can you guess what that would be?
2: She got pregnant again. (laughs) No? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, they're they separate beds. They're, they're broken yeah. up, but, like, we've, we've seen that before, too. Well, uh, not quite, but kind of. Okay. All right.
1: Wait, wait, what? Katie, who is now a senior in high school and had just turned 18, wanted to meet her biological uh, parents, Stephen no. and Melissa. Oh, now, it's a little unclear if Katie already knew... that
2: uh, the fucking title just came back to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah It's a little unclear... Katie, uncle- run! Yeah, run, Katie, no! Uh,
1: it's a little unclear if Katie already knew that she was adopted or that uh, Tony and Kelly told her when she turned 18, so... Does she already know she was adopted or is this something new? Either way, she wanted to meet them. She did some searching through social media and finally made contact with Alyssa, who was ecstatic to find out that her daughter wanted to reunite?
2: Reunited and it feels I, so good. Skrr! Hold up. This this can be <laughs> this can be like controversial. Yeah, because you know, there's probably some. We probably have listeners that have adopted kids, and some people think it's good. Yeah, and it'd be very hard for me if I've raised a child to willingly allow them to from go a find them. To, from an infant. Yeah, eight months is still an infant, right? And then, I mean. You don't want to keep them from their biological family. Sometimes you do. I don't know. It'd be yeah. such a hard.
1: Mm. So my thing is that like when you adopt, I, obviously I've never adopted anybody, but if you adopt, do you know the situation that the child is coming from? If or is it they, just like a so mystery?
2: N- if they voluntarily gave them up to like an adoption agency, mm. uh, I'm sure they have some records, Yeah. but he wasn't arrested for child abuse or like DCF was didn't take the children. So it's not like recorded because mm. I I know someone that we work with adopted uh, a child that was not adopted but was a foster parent to some a child who was abused yeah. and and it was the DCF took the parent from the or the child from the situation mm. and he knew everything everything okay. that went on yeah. so I don't know if it if you have to have like DCF involvement something like that to get a full record to know yeah
1: yeah yeah because that that would change a lot of things like when they got older and they'd be like oh I want to meet my bi- biological family uh, they're fucking shitbags no you yeah. don't want to meet them they're awful people <laughs>
2: yeah but then, then <laughs> you know do you let them figure that out themselves I, like that's it's it's yeah, so hard like, I, like any of you any to shout out to all you guys who have adopted uh who have adopted out there well i mean
1: i, I kind of do that with my kids I, of course i'm their father I, I try to give them the best advice that i can i'll be like hey either this is a good idea or it's not a good idea blah, blah, blah. but you're grown now you can take my advice and shove it up your, your you know shove it up my ass whatever yeah. You just, you decide. Go make your own mistakes. Go make your own mistake. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to live your life for you. Yeah. You need to fucking figure that shit out. Like, hey, now, if so, if they were running out with a fucking gun in their hand saying they're going to fucking kill no, I would fucking stop them. But
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, I mean? there's definitely a limit. Right, right,
1: right, right. But if you know, if you, there's nothing wrong with getting a couple, you know, bumps and bruises and
2: scrapes on your knees in life, you know, to figure things out. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, me and my wife joke around like when our kids go to college. Because I'm like, yeah, mom's going to give you the advice. Like, I say this to Kelly all the time. Like, mom's going to be like, don't you dare. Like, don't you go out and drink too much. Don't yeah. do drugs. And I'm going to be like, listen, mom told you the advice. I'm going to tell you how to save your life. <laughs> just take half yeah. <laughs> and just fucking coast. All right? right. If you like it, then you try the other half. Yeah.
1: Don't leave parties by yourself. Always, always have a friend. Yeah. yeah. Criminal AF would we'll be back after this quick break. Now back to criminal AF. All right. Katie and her biological parents uh, decided that they would meet face-to-face once uh, Katie graduated high school. Although they stayed in contact every day through social media. Once Katie graduated, she made the decision to forego college and her degree in digital advertising. And in August of 2016, moved from her adoptive parents' home in Dover, New York, to the play home in Henrico County, Virginia. How do you... Just up and left, moved in.
2: The poll... The poll that like Alyssa probably was giving her putting stuff in your ear, you could brainwash a child like that. Was it Alyssa or was it Steven? Well that could have been both. It had to have been both.
1: I mean, because we we've know we know right now that Steven is quite the groomer of Of children. Of teenagers.
2: Yes. Yes. It's just I don't know. It just shows to show how like influenced kids can be. Yeah. Because he's mm-hmm. gonna leave the people who raised you, like oh and that and that's the thing too, it was probably over like one fight. You didn't let me go to Charlene's house. I didn't get to go to Charlene's house. Fuck you, Mom. Yeah,
1: I'm 18 now. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah, kind of thing. All right, so Anthony and Kelly, they were apprehensive, to say the least. They wanted Katie to go to college and weren't too keen on her uprooting her life to go live with with strangers, albeit her biological parents, but strangers nonetheless. But Katie was now 18 and legally allowed to make this life-changing decision. Uh, Katie was unaware of what she was about to walk into. Alyssa, who described that time as walking on eggshells, stated his mood was often not happy. A lot of yelling, a lot of things smashed in the house, all in front of the kids. Uh, as soon as Katie moved in, Alyssa tried to explain to her about the abuse she received as a baby by the hands of Steven. Yeah. Alyssa also explained how careful they all need to be around him because of his volatile behavior, but Katie didn't seem to be uh, too concerned and didn't heed any of Alyssa's warnings. Because once Katie moved in, Steven's whole demeanor and appearance changed. Oh, he started wearing skinny jeans and form fitting shirts. He let his hair grow long, and he was now clean shaven. Uh, oh. yeah, Stephen was going so far out of his way to come across as this nice guy—the total opposite of the violent and abusive man Alyssa had described. Okay.
2: It's like it's like you got a living na- a hot living nanny, yeah. but it's your fucking
1: daughter, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. All right. All right, so a little over a month after Katie moved in, Stephen began sleeping on the floor in her bedroom. And after a few nights of this, Alyssa confronted Stephen and told him how inappropriate this was.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you think?
1: Stephen became enraged, and a huge argument ensued, resulting in Stephen, with Katie in tow, storming out of the house. Let's go,
2: Katie! Ew, you think?
1: Mm? Uh... Uh All right so by ah. no, by November of 2016, just three months after Katie moved in, Alyssa and the two younger girls moved out of the house and she filed for a divorce
2: Well thank God for those two little girls yeah God there could be there could be abuse there too Hey, anything
1: is possible in this fucking story Garrett I tell you all right so unknown to Alyssa at that time that Stephen had already groomed Katie and the two were involved in a sexual relationship
2: called that one yes.
1: <laughs> You heard that right. Stephen groomed his own biological daughter to be his sexual partner. In May of 2017, Alyssa had read in her 11-year-old daughter's diary. Stephen told his younger daughters that they now have to refer to Katie not as their big sister, but as their stepmom. With her daughter writing, Does she see me as a sister or a daughter? And then making a statement that Katie was her sister and that she was not comfortable with calling her her stepmother. In another entry, the young girl writes, My dad calls Katie's baby also his baby. Did he make her pregnant? Alyssa was (laughs) furious. Okay. So she calls up Steven and asks him straight up, Is Katie pregnant with your baby? His response was, I thought you knew. We're in love. He fucking impregnated his daughter. (sighs) Yeah. So Alyssa starts... Where's
2: her... Where's her real...
1: her biological? Her biolo-
2: no, her adopted parents.
1: Her, I mean, yeah.
2: Her, her real parents.
1: <laughs> hold on. <laughs> There's... Hold on. What the fuck? Hold on, what of on. Country
2: on. bumpkin story are we uh, doing today, Dave?
1: Well, We're working our way up to Connecticut. You're about to find out. Oh. Uh, all right. So, yeah. So, his response was, I thought you knew we're in love. Okay? Alyssa started screaming. How could you? You're a sick fuck. She's a child. She's your child. You know, blah, 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 going off. Blah, blah. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah. So after this conversation, Alyssa immediately called Henrico County Sheriff's Office to report the incest. On May 31st, 2017, Stephen and his two youngest daughters uh, were interviewed by staff at the Henrico County Child Advocacy Center, but no further action was taken. What? Mm, I uh,
2: thought it's illegal everywhere.
1: Well, well, it it is, but hold on. So after this little meeting at the uh, Advocacy Center, uh, Stephen and Katie quickly moved away out of Virginia. Yeah, to Nightdale, North Carolina. Soon
2: after, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> not, well, you know, not you, Virginia. you know what happened? It's not West Virginia. You know what happened? Not West Virginia. You know what happened, right? Yeah. When he when they brought him in for questioning, yeah. he put them skinny jeans up on the table,
3: <laughs> and
2: he was like, "Listen, baby, we're in love." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Ooh, he put All them right. skinny jeans up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like, We're low. He's like, How, how's my ass look in these skinny jeans? Look tight. All right, yeah. So they moved to Knightdale, North Carolina soon after. On July 20th, 2017, just a couple of months after the discovery of their incest, uh, Stephen and Katie traveled to Parkton, Maryland. And what happens? Fill me
2: in. They got married. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding for two. I'm sure no family were intended. <laughs> and now I pronounce. There's got to be daddy laws. And there has to be laws. There are laws. There are laws. But I mean, she has a different. Not- well, she did at the time. Yes. Yeah. A
1: different last name. So they they failed to mention on any of the filing documents that they just so happened to be father and daughter. right huh?
2: There's no section that says, "Is this my daughter?" <sighs>
1: it is-
2: I, I'm trying I, to remember like, when I got married. Like, uh, filled out the marriage. I filled out a couple marriage licenses. I, <laughs> I, I don't think there's a question that says, yeah. "Am I are you marrying your daughter?" <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's on there. Is
1: this your child? <laughs> um, here's where it gets kind of interesting. So, whenever a happy couple gets married, it's required that there be a witness, right? Somebody yeah. has to sign off on the marriage certificate, right? Usually by a friend, a family member, or maybe even someone from the clerk's office, as with um, Fuckface McFadden, in yeah. the Oklahoma House of Horrors throwback. But who the fuck would be willing to witness this act of a father marrying his daughter? Nobody?
0: Was it Alyssa?
1: Well, it turns out that their nuptials were a family affair. There's no fucking way. Because in attendance on this amazing, glorious day was Stephen's mother, as well as Katie's adoptive parents. Hell no. Let that settle in.
2: First me. off, I need to see pictures of Let these fucking people in. because I'm I have a vision in my head of yeah. of his mom. And I see a moo <laughs> fucked up to you. Like I'm I You know what I mean? Like what? <laughs> Were they trying to be supportive? The adoptive okay. parents?
1: Yeah. So Katie's adoptive uncle, Carrie Goose. Oh! Said that Anthony and Kelly were just trying to do the best they could for fear of pushing Katie farther away. Because apparently there's a little disconnect there. They didn't want to push her all the way away. Okay, so they were like, "Let's see where this goes." No fucking right? way. But the question, you know, but you have to ask the question, like, how far is far enough? Like, where do you draw the line? Just throw your hands up and say, "Well, I fucking tried, have a nice life, you know,
2: do whatever the fuck you to," because obviously, when I'm Telling you or is not working. Well, no, that's fine. But, but, I I'll, I would still be there, but I'm not going to go support the wedding by going there. Like I'd still be like, "Hey, you need me? Anything right. you need? Please, like I'm here. So, here's my phone." Yeah. So but we're not. I'm sorry, I can't go to this wedding. I hope you can understand this. Like
1: <laughs> so, like if when, like if, I love you. When your son, like your son, gets older, he comes up to you, and he's like, you know, obviously he has you know a family and everything. Yeah. And just out of blue, he's like, Dad. I'm going to go marry my, wait, wait, my question, baby why, girl. Wait, why, oh, no. why does he have a southern
2: accent? Because, wait, wait, wait.
1: No, he's in the backwoods. He, he lives
2: in northeast oh, okay. Connecticut right now. Okay. In northeast Connecticut. There's, my, my, there's my, going to the be some people listening to this that are going to be upset. They were Dude, I'm, fun.
1: Fun. I'm from there. Yeah. I'm in from the corner. All right. So he comes up to you and he's like, Dad, I'm going to marry my baby girl, and I want you to come see us get hitched. No. <laughs> You're not going? No. Are you still going to
2: love him? No. It's the same thing. Like, if if my child turned into a serial killer, I'm not going to abandon him. Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm still going to go visit him in jail or whatever, but I'm not going so to... So you're going to go visit him and his beautiful... No! ...daughter bride? No. I'm still going to be supportive, but I'm going to do it from... From, from afar. afar, dude. Like, <laughs> from, you can't from, support that.
1: From southeastern Connecticut, you're going to be supportive...
2: <laughs> North of the mason lisbon line. Oh, that's that's
1: crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. All right, let's get back into it. All right, so Katie gave birth to her and Stephen's baby, a son named Bennett, on September first, two
2: thousand seventeen.
1: <laughs> what? What?
2: Was, what?
1: Was everything okay with the baby? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, it was, it was a baby, so I mean, everything looked okay.
0: Baby,
2: yeah, it looked okay,
0: ma, um, ma, ma.
2: dude. You all d- right. Anybody who didn't get that reference? Uh, b- go watch Barbarian, <laughs> yeah. one of the greatest scary movies of all time. That's all I'm thinking about is the girl, ma, 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 yeah. ma.
1: <laughs> or the fucking what's that family from West Virginia? The uh,
2: uh, the wonderful, no, no, not the wonderful whites of West Virginia. It's the uh, I know who you're talking about, yeah, the guy who just barks,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, yeah, so that's incest, but. Let me tell you, when I was like researching this story, there's a lot of groups out there that are actually like pro incest? Pretty much. Ugh. Saying, you know, just leave them alone. If they're in love, they're in love. Um it's fucking wrong. Any any birth effects that happen from incest uh, usually take generations of inbreeding. You know, it doesn't happen, you know, like one off, blah blah blah. blah. All that kind of stuff? So they're actually saying that like incest is okay for a kid, you know, for a baby.
2: Do you not see the king of england's fingers right now guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but camilla i can't write with my pen <laughs> <laughs> with my pen, they're like he has got sausages fucking... stupid, like breakfast weenies yeah breakfast weenies <laughs> yeah. on his fucking tea and crumpets
0: yeah no so I, I mean a lot of...
2: even if you go back like louis the 16th and all that like if you go back yeah. way in british royalty like there's all they're all fucked up the ones right. like their heads all deformed and shit like yeah.
0: that Yep.
2: All right, so Stop. back to the story. All oh, that right, so. poor fucking child. And then you got to grow up a child of incest? Like, that's got a way over your heart. Like, come on. Just ruining people's lives. Well, we'll
1: we'll see what happens with Bennett. Uh, all right, so yeah, he was born on September 1st, 2017. By November 29th... What was the baby's name?
2: Bennett. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> By November ben- 29th,
1: Bennett? Enrico County authorities issued arrest warrants for now 42-year-old Stephen and 20-year-old Katie. Good. Because uh, in a great state of Virginia, incest, which obviously includes sexual intercourse with your children or your parents, is illegal. I'm actually surprised yeah. by that one. In Virginia. <laughs> uh, January 27th, 2018, they were both arrested in their new home in North Carolina, extradited to Virginia, and officially charged with adultery, incest, and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Now, the incest charge is obvious. The adultery charge stems from Stephen and Melissa still being married when his sexual relationship with Katie started. And the delinquency, ch- delinquency charges uh, are from Stephen forcing his children to call their sister their stepmother and other psychological abuse that stem from their Oh, I like that. They kind of yeah. break it down. Yeah.
2: It's not just one
1: right charge. Both Stephen and Katie were able to be released on bond in early February, with Stephen's mother coming up with his bond and Anthony and Kelly Fusco paying Katie's. Now, the stipulations of their bonds prevented them from having any form of contact with each other, either physically or through social media, messaging, etc.
2: Well, that's bullshit. But... Like, I, of course they're going to stay in touch. Uh,
1: yes and no. Uh, they were also restricted from having contact with Bennett who is now temporarily and legally in the care of Stephen's 72-year-old 70, mother, Grace.
2: Yeah, because she makes great decisions. Yeah. She's yeah. going gonna. to...
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, so Rick Friedman, Stephen's attorney, characterized Stephen and Katie's relationship as consensual, saying the charges are uncalled for, uh, this is a case of an 18-year-old girl who shows up at the doorstep of a 40-year-old man who is going through difficult times with his wife. Ew, defense fucking lawyers suck. They have a bond because they're biologically related, but they never knew each other before they had a sexual relationship. He was head over heels in love with her, so much so that the physical relationship outweighed the issue of them being biologically related. That's
2: got to be one of the top disgusting jobs of, of a all time. A defense attorney? <laughs> A, like a criminal defense attorney is uh, got to, like mm. out of the out of a hundred and fifty cases, right? I guarantee you, out of a, like, say you do uh, a defense attorney does a hundred and fifty case, criminal cases, yeah. zero of those one fifty are people that like where you are like, oh, he could have been innocent, <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, you are just you are writing statements like this to the court, like this is just a two star star-crossed lovers. Everybody has,
1: has their day in oh, court. Oh,
2: fuck off. And
1: they all deserve fuck off. representation. This
2: guy. How do you fucking sleep at night? How do you sleep at night?
1: <laughs> uh, because he's making a lot of fucking money. Yeah,
2: probably. but that's what I mean. You sell but, your soul for money? I mean, I would. Me too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if somebody said, hey, Dave. I'm not going
2: to say it on the
3: podcast, if, though.
1: If somebody said, hey, Dave, I'm going to make you a criminal uh, defense attorney, and I'm going to pay you $7 million a year. They don't get paid I'm just saying Not in fucking
2: East bum fuck Virginia Defending Incest people I'm just saying I would do it This isn't Robert murder. Kardashian Over here <laughs> This is the, uh, the The West Virginia version Of uh
1: Was, was Robert Kardashian A cuck Do you think Yeah I think so Yeah Cause OG was Definitely begging yeah, he Chris was,
2: I He claimed he didn't though
1: yeah, Well he also claimed He didn't murder Fucking Well True
2: <laughs> True,
1: true. true. Criminal AF would we'll be back after this quick break. Now back to Criminal AF. All right, so they're both released from jail. Stephen was released back to North Carolina to the home he and Katie shared at 106 Earlston Court in Knightdale, North Carolina. Uh, he had to turn over his guns as per his release. However, spoiler alert. There may have been at least one that was overlooked. Now, Katie was released to the home of her adoptive parents in Dover, New York. Her bond did not prevent her from leaving the state, however, so she was free to travel, particularly to Connecticut, where Katie's adoptive grandmother lived. She was scheduled to have a preliminary... Do you know what
2: part of Connecticut? Hmm.
1: West. Okay. Yeah. Not Northeast. (laughs) Northeast.
0: You know exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah.
1: okay. uh, She was scheduled to have a, a preliminary preliminary hearing for her case in Virginia on April twenty third, two thousand eighteen. At the beginning of April, Katie decided that she no longer wanted to be with Stephen. Wow, her, some personal growth. Yeah, and on the morning of April eleventh, she went against the no contact order and called him to tell him that it was over. It's over, Stephen. This is fucking sick. I'm your fucking daughter. Okay. That evening, Stephen showed up to his mother's house at 8 p.m. and told her that he was taking Bennett back to his house so they could Skype with Katie. All violations of the court order, for, including for Grace sure. allowing Bennett to leave with Stephen. Okay, she's like, "Okay, go ahead and take him." Yeah, his, his All mom right. is golden. Yeah. Shortly before midnight, Stephen called his mother to tell her that there was a change of plans and that he and Bennett were now driving to New York to actually visit Katie. Again, violation of the court order. At 7 a.m., Steven called his mother again to say that they were almost there. So he drove all through the night. Then at 8.40 a.m., this call was made.
3: Hello, this is uh, Connecticut. It's on Route 7 and Route 55. Someone just went by and shot this guy in the truck. Somebody just shot somebody, a just shot shot out somebody, somebody in a truck? I'm a fireman out of New York. The car pulled up, went around him, shot him. whole clip pulled into his head. he's dead All right, sir just stay on line with me yes sir we need the police we need everybody there's two people in the car I'm gonna pull my truck up here and block the view of everything and then we'll try to keep them going around are there two people to see sir yes sir
1: so Stephen had driven to Dover New York as he told his mother but the intention was not to share family time with Katie He parked in the parking lot of a liquor store where he could get a clear view of Anthony and Kelly's house, and this was caught in surveillance footage. He waited and waited and watched for Katie. Stephen knew that every Tuesday and Thursday, Katie and Anthony drove to Connecticut to visit her adoptive grandmother. All right, so now this is Thursday, April 12th. At approximately 8.30 a.m., right on schedule, Anthony and Katie walked out of their home and got into Anthony's pickup truck. Damn. Stephen followed closely behind, and when they stopped at a stop sign at the junction of Route 55 and Route 7 in New Milford, Connecticut, Stephen drove around the two cars that were separating his vehicle from Anthony's truck, pulled up next to him, and opened fire on Katie and Anthony with an AR style rifle, firing several rounds into both of their heads and chests, killing them instantly. Wow. Stephen then fled the scene. Uh, An off-duty firefighter from New York witnessed the shooting, and he was the one that made the initial 911 call. The firefighter managed to take note of the license plate, telling the dispatcher that it was definitely an out-of-state plate from North Carolina. He described the vehicle as a light blue minivan, and it was heading in the direction of the center of New Milford, Connecticut. Uh, Stephen, um, now crossing the state line back into New York and back to Dover, where Katie lived, called his mother and told her what he had done. But, Garrett, there is more to the story than what we've learned so far.
3: 3911, evidence of the emergency. Yes. Um, uh, my son just called me, and uh, he told me he, oh my God, North Carolina, uh, he killed his, his baby, and he's in the house. Okay, you said that he told you he killed his baby? <laughs> Okay, ma'am, listen to me. What's your name? uh, What's your home address? um, I'm not there. That's his house. Okay, what's his address? Tell me exactly what happened. His wife broke up with him over the phone yesterday. And he told me, she's in New York, and he told me he was on his way. He called me last night and said he's on his way. He's going to bring the baby to her. And then he was coming back and he just, he just, okay. he, he said, he doesn't have, he killed his wife, he killed her father and he, I can't even believe this is happening. Okay. And did this happen in Nytale? Uh, No, the the, 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 his wife and father are in New York.
0: Okay, and, so the but, incident but actually. he left,
3: he left the baby dead when he left. When did oh, this happen? He, he said... He left last night. He called me, I think, at maybe about 7 last night and said he was on his way to New York. He was going to bring to his wife and uh, give it to her. And then he'd be back. And And he called me this morning. I, I just got up the phone just a couple of minutes ago. And, he, and I... He, Oh God! He told me to call the police that I shouldn't go over there. Okay, so the son is uh, so your son is not there. No, though no, the house is empty. The, oh, he said he put a key under the front mat—a key to get into the house under the front mat. Did he say how oh, he did it? Or what? No, he did? and I, I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him. I didn't want to know. Oh my God. Okay, hold, hold on
2: just a second, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. So. Well, you were right.
1: Piece of shit, street keeps going. Mm-hmm. So shortly after picking up Bennett the night before, Stephen went directly back to his home and killed seven-month-old Bennett, placing his body in a closet. Uh, Bennett's official cause of death was as- asphyxia from compression of the torso, caused possibly by either laying-, laying on him, sitting on him, or by squeezing the baby in a bear hug. I would say probably sitting on him, if I were to guess. I think so. Compression by tor- on torso? Yeah, seven-month-old
2: baby, though. You could, sque- you could bear hug a-, a baby yeah. to death. Well,
1: could be. Either way, sick fuck. Uh, wow. W- one thing that stood out to me during the the nine one one call was that Grace kept referring to Katie as Stephen's wife, which at first to me was kind of sick. Like, bitch, you know, th- this is that's his daughter, like your granddaughter. You know what I mean? But then I came to the conclusion that it's a nine one one call. She's distraught. Yeah, the truth is probably way too confusing to explain <laughs> yeah, at that my moment.
2: God. My mother. Yeah. yeah. My son, his daughter, but they're married. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah.
1: My grandbaby. Creek yeah. grins or whatever. Yeah. yeah you
2: couldn't even yeah. go down the line
1: yeah so it's just too wait it's just too confusing to explain so i guess just explain it the easiest way that everybody can understand i don't know, but that's the only way i could rationalize it anyway nightdale officers arrived at steven's house about 20 minutes after the 911 call from grace to find bennett wrapped in a blanket in the bathroom closet dead at approximately the same time a probation officer from new york who had heard of the description of steven's vehicle saw the blue Honda Odyssey idling on the side of the road in Wingdale, New York, which is a hamlet of Dover, kind of like Taffville, Norwich kind of thing. Yeah. And Wingdale is, Dover is just located about 20 minutes northwest of New Milford. So he went from there to there in 20 minutes. Uh, Police slowly approached the Honda Odyssey to make an arrest only to discover that Stephen Platel ate his own fucking bullet. Pussy. Yeah.
2: Pussy, pussy, pussy. Yep,
1: yep, yep, yep. So, I now pronounce you daddy and daughter. That story was uh, criminal as fuck. What a horrible ending. Yeah. From statutory rape to physical and emotional abuse to incest and then to a triple homicide. Now, fuck, this dude was a crusty shit stain on the backside of society's or looms. Like, he was just fucking awful. Wow. In an embarrassment. You pulled this one out of the... Well, actually, this one came from Chris Owen. She brought me this. Ah, cheeky. Yeah, cheeky. She did uh, some research on shout this. Shout out and, to cheeky. She gives us. Yeah. She does. She does a lot of digging. So yeah. Shout out to her. All right. So there's another thing that um, I'd like to bring up that I discovered while researching this case. Like this is solely to play devil's advocate, but there's a, a psychological condition that I had no idea existed, and it's called genetic sexual attraction. Okay. Are you? I'm, I'm being serious. Are you serious? Yeah. At first, I thought it was, like, another one of those, like, you know, like, woke terms that people... No,
2: that sounds like... You know how, like, people are trying to... Like, there's weirdos in this world that are, like, try to accept pedophilia as, like... That's what I'm saying. As, yeah. like, like, oh, they're just...
1: Minor attracted individuals. Yeah, fuck yeah. out of here, yeah. dude. Right. Um, fuck you. You're trying yeah. to make
2: it sound better.
1: Yeah. No, they're just kitty fuckers, you fucking... Whatever. But anyway, I actually, like, looked into this whole thing. So, genetic sexual attraction is the attraction to a biological relative who you may not have been able to develop shared experiences or social conditioning with, such as with an adoptive child with their biological parents or siblings.
2: I right. see what you're saying.
1: So technically they're biologically related, but mentally and emotionally they are as far apart as strangers. And it doesn't always have to be you know, sexual in nature, uh, physical touch such as hugging or holding, uh, hands are, are more common. And this term is is used to differentiate between um, this and incest, where with incest, they have formed familial bonds, but use sex for power and control. yeah, of the it's, other. it's
2: like if you live if
1: they lived in the same house right yeah if if he raised her, right.
2: it turned into that. yeah, yeah,
1: that that's incest. This is a little different. So with general with genetic sexual attraction, uh, it rarely lasts very long a year, two years maybe. Either one or both parties eventually realized that it wasn't a sexual attraction they had, uh, but they were missing the bonding and social conditioning they would have generally received when they were a child. Mm -hmm. Okay?
2: So it does... feel like you're missing something from that person.
1: Yeah. They were supposed to be in your life. Right. So I think in this case, uh, Katie may have had genetic sexual attraction where she craved affection and bonding with her father, not knowing what he was really like and what he did to her as an infant, while... Steven was 100% a groomer, uh, and a febophile, a rapist, uh, who normally- Psychopath? Yeah. Who normally pursued a sexual relationship with his daughter and took advantage of her mixed, confused feelings. Um, and when Katie had enough and realized what was happening was wrong, uh, Steven lost his power over her and he had to get it back. And he did this by killing everyone she loved, including her, her adoptive father, and her seven-month-old son,
2: so. Wow yeah what a story crazy right yeah you definitely hit the nail on the head on that one Uh,
1: (laughs) wild 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 yes but as we promised in the beginning of the episode uh we're gonna try a little segment here before we go head out and it's time for dear douchebags and we do have one we do have one to read out just you know a little sample piece what's
2: gonna be the intro sound for this segment
1: Uh We gotta make a jingle. Somebody, if somebody's out there and, and can do jingles, make a jingle. Dear
0: douchebags.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something. Something. Yeah. All right. So, what is "Dear Douchebags"? For those who haven't been following along, it's our advice segment where Garrett and I give out free, uh, <laughs> free advice <laughs> uh, to those dealing with inconveniences in their lives the best way we know how, and which is badly. So. Yeah. So let's go over one uh that we have sent in for for the segment and this one is from outside looking in okay so anonymous yes dear douchebags yes yes that is I, us. Do. I have been with my boyfriend now for eight years and last year finally became engaged so technically he's now my fiance seems, seems logical well, thank okay. you very much uh his mother has always been very nice to me but almost at a distance like, she doesn't do... Oh, or, I like this. Yeah. Like, she doesn't do or say anything spiteful, but she, always, but she also doesn't include me in, in activities like she does with her other two daughters-in-law.
2: Oh, she's mm. the red-headed stepchild.
1: Yep. All right, yep. Something recently caught my attention that, in hindsight, has been going on for some time now. Whenever we take group pictures together on holidays or other gatherings, she always positions everyone for the photo and sticks me and my fiancé at the end of the group with me at the very end. It's almost (laughs) as if she's purposely keeping me on the outside looking in, like not accepting me as part of the family.
2: Oh, Am I looking at this all wrong?
1: Well, thank you very much, outside looking in.
2: Yeah, thank you for sending in your question, but sweetheart, I'm going to tell you something real quick. She's waiting to (laughs) hit the, 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 she's trying to crop
1: out. Yeah, she's getting her scissors sharpened. Yeah. Wow, that's
2: unfortunate.
1: Yeah. You hear,
2: I mean, there's a lot of stories a lot of uh, females that I know go through that with mother-in-laws. Yeah.
1: Well, I have a feeling.
2: I feel like moms are more protective of their sons
1: and they feel like. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm getting the vibe. It doesn't say this, but I'm getting the vibe that this might be her youngest son. Like her it's baby. It's the baby. Her baby.
2: Yeah, that, that's usually the, the worst protective it
1: is. Very the baby. It's the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say in, in her mind, uh, you two are going to crash and burn and hopefully before the wedding so they don't have to spend all the fucking money. And I have to hand it to her; she's being pretty proactive, you know, by literally
2: cutting you out of the picture. <laughs> you know what my advice to you is? <laughs> my advice yeah. is to double down on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right. No. 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 Let's right. see. Let's hear this. And I, I don't mean double down like, just not take pictures or whatever like that. Yeah. Like put yourself in the middle of every family picture. Yeah, be like no. Nope. Be assertive. Yeah, I'm standing right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Challenge her authority. Right. Show that like it's like it's like a like pissing on some like dogs pissing on like like marking your territory. Yeah. Yeah. Like your son is mine. He, you deserve now. it. You got engaged. He obviously wants to marry you. Fucking yeah. uh, fuck up that family picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Start being the life of the party. Yeah. So my my double down like literally piss on the floor,
1: (laughs) (laughs) right in a picture,
2: just squat in a picture, just squat and take a piss right there, and then look at her in the eyes while you're doing it. Really fucking show your dominance. (laughs) All right,
1: so I like yeah, I would say that there's also a couple other options that you could do, and you could either just bear with it and live the rest of your life with fucking momzilla. Yeah. All right. So there's pissing on the floor while taking a picture, just grin and bear it right? <laughs> he said piss on the floor this is a great first helpful advice
2: piss on the floor
1: right no. or or here's my preferred option which I would do
2: don't say anything Fuck her husband, out of spite, (laughs) and then marry her son. (laughs) Oh, my. Well, she's not going to be able to marry the son if she does that. Why? Oh, you're saying out of spite, so never know. Don't tell anyone. Right, I'm the DL. Gotta live with with that, though. Well, you know what? Dad might slip up. The confidence you will build. Oh, yeah. By doing that. You would, too.
1: You would have this over her head for the rest of her fucking life. You would.
2: To be fair, though, it's on your boyfriend, too. Because your boyfriend should stick up to his mom a little bit. Or, sorry, fiance. Yeah, your fiance should definitely be like, "Mom, listen, she's a part of this family." You know what I mean? Like, I don't right. know. Throws. He seems like he's like he's a little afraid of day. his mom. Yeah, yeah, afraid of his
1: mom too. Well, she she does seem kind of domineering. I guess <laughs> a little dominatrix. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely fuck the husband. Ah, <laughs> Dave. Fuck the husband, marry the son, and just have both your fucking middle fingers up in her face the rest of your fucking life. What do you think?
2: Hey, it's unhelpful <laughs> advice, but <laughs>
1: ah, ah, piss on the floor. Piss on the floor. Piss on the floor. Then fuck the husband. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's that that's it's gotta be tough yeah <laughs> well
1: there you go <laughs> the inaugural fucking dear douchebag oh, so listen we wanna hear it all send in all and, your fucking you can do an, we'll, we'll give it to you
2: you can do it anonymous you don't yeah. have to tell us the story like just like like uh looking outside, outside looking,
1: looking in, in. yeah just to, yep. I have no idea who they are but there you go All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Criminal AF. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, Before we go, if you found what you heard interesting, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave us a review, a comment, and a share on the episode. And don't forget, head on over to criminalasfuck.com for all of your Criminal AF needs, socials, Patreon, merch store, submit your mail call questions, submit your dear douchebags, you name it, it's all there.
2: And go check out some fucking... Merch. Merch. The embroidered hoodies guys I'm telling you yeah. I'm telling you They're It's fine. worth it's, hot. it's worth It's worth It's hot I like it Alright sign us off Garrett Signing off From Studio Chloroform Keep your head on a swivel And stay safe Till next time See, See ya. ya Now, now give, give me you. our theme music
1: Executive producers For this episode Are Christine Rivera Beth Davis Dusty J Hicks And Terry burke Woolen. Associate Producers are Paul Hodge, Courtney Seddon, Tara Mazur, Chantel Dackett, Jay Rawlings, and Laura Shin. Producers are J.D., Ashley O'Connor, Elizabeth Plus Four, Trent Gobble, Devin Dean, Lisa Parello, Alicia Knight, Maria Celine, Chris Owen, Justin Ware, and Emily White. Research and documentation by Chris Owen. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials at Pod. And to get all of your Criminal AF merch, visit criminalafshop.com.